0: to become yourself. Welcome Open to your Creating eyes. a Buzz About Open Health Podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello. Welcome to today's podcast. Now, this December I have a honey theme going on with the podcast but also with my Instagram account. So, for the fourth year running, I've been doing a live honey tasting every morning. So I'm calling it my honey advent. So if you want to know more about honey, then just go back through my um, Instagram and then you can find all the honey advent. I also have previous honey advents up on YouTube, so you can watch them there. Now, this month, I began the month in Bologna, taking part three of the Honey Sensory Analysis course. Now, I was part of the first batch to do the course in English back in 2017. And I started training this. It was a bit of a fluke. I was given a newspaper cutting where Hattie Ellis had written an article about tasting honey. And she mentioned that there was this course that was run in Bologna. And reading between the lines, I thought, wow, this looks exciting. And I contacted them and, you know, I had to do a bit of an internet search, found the organisers, contacted them, and there was one place left and it started in a few days, you know, like six days' time. So I booked it and I went off. And there was me, there was um, Laura Stadler, who's from um, Heather Hills in um, – scotland and an american lady and then the rest of the the group there was about 24 of us all together were scientists um honey sent um, not just honey sensory analysts but food tasters food testers um it, and then there was a few beekeepers as well from sort of the balkan countries the um scandinavia you know it was it was quite a big group and that was where i first met my now dear dear friend slajan um who is a professor at uh, Belgrade University, and he's a queen rearer, a queen breeder, but naturally. So some really firm friendships were made on that course. And when I first went, it was pretty scary because I, my motivation for going was I love dandelions and I wanted to know that if you could get a dandelion honey and if it was tasty, wouldn't that be a way of saving the dandelions and stopping people using chemicals in their gardens? So that was my motivation. And then when I went there, I realised that I'd come from a country where the only honeys I'd ever really tasted were local honeys, maybe a heather honey, but not consciously, and rapeseed but not realising that most of the honey I'd ever had had rapeseed in it. And we started off the course where they passed round these um, glasses, uh, sort of goblet glasses, wine glasses, with a bit of honey in, and we weren't allowed to taste them. We just had to sniff them. And as we sniffed each of the honeys, as a group, we discussed what aromas we could smell. And it was absolutely fascinating because I realised how little i knew about aroma and about sense of smell and how to describe it so my vocabulary was just so tiny and one of the most memorable thing two memorable things the first was that my brain every time i sniffed a honey it just went smells like honey and then when we later came around and tasted them my mouse was telling my brain tastes like honey i really struggled to distinguish between the different flavors And in that first round, when we were smelling honeys, I smelt the sweet chestnut honey. And it has a really rich aroma of mushrooms and forest and wood. And it's just an incredible aroma. And I was so excited because it was a darker color. And, you know, it was number 12 or whatever of the 18 that came around. When they came around to taste, I thought, I'm going to take a big teaspoon of this one. Now, bear in mind, this is 2017. So, you know, one goblet was was passed around and shared with several of us you know pre covid days um we all had our own spoons and there was no double dipping but you know the the whole tasting protocol has changed quite a bit since then and um and so i took this big spoonful and oh my word what a shock it was because sweet chestnut honey is the second bitterest honey in the world and i couldn't believe it it was just awful absolutely disgusting and in capital letters in my notes i wrote disgusting So that was really sort of stuck in my head. And from then on, I could detect sweet chestnut from the aroma so that my mouse did not have to go through the torture of tasting it again. And you know, to this day, so 2017, we're like seven years later, I can actually, or six years later, I can still recognize and distinguish sweet chestnut honey. So I had to go on quite a journey just on that course. And there weren't exams, but we did practice exams And at the end of the course, you know, we all got a certificate because it it was not being tested. It was just you've just got to sit through it and, and learn. And boy, did I learn so much. And it just put me on such an exciting journey. And because it was October 2017, that December, I started my honey tasting advent. So every day in December, I tasted different honey and I just tried to describe it. And that's when I really started collecting honeys. So we'd gone up to London, gone to Fortnum & Mason's. My husband had bought me a honey hamper, so I had all these different honeys that I could taste. And it was really, really exciting. And I'd bought some honeys in um, Bologna, but at that time they didn't have a honey tasting set. And we were all saying, we need a set. We need to have this set of 18 honeys so we can practise them. So that was really exciting. And then, you know, I carried on traveling around and, and waiting for the next level because I thought I've got to I've just got to carry this on. So I went to the advanced course in 2019 and Sladjan was there. And then I met some of the other English people who had started the course in 2018. And so they did the advanced course. And then there was there was an amazing group. So I met um, Miel Danse from um, Canada. I met um, Victoria from Sweden, who's just been on the um, level three with me. I um, Sladjan was there as well. Laura was there. Sarah Wyndham Lewis, um, the London Honey Sommelier. She was there and oh Hassan Dr. Hassan from Oman he'd started his training so he was on that one so it was wonderful oh and Madvi from Bees With Stories so it was a wonderful group Um, and we all returned and what was exciting then was to realize how much I'd learned just between 2017 and 2019 and I fared much better I could realize that in between times I'd been judging honey with the London Honey Awards, and so I'd been practicing, I'd been practicing and, you know, tasting lots of honey, I'd been doing honey tastings at the Newton Somerset, so I was building up my palette, building up my descriptors, so it was a natural thing to want to do level three, and I was booked to do level three in Italian, because they didn't run it in English, back in 2020, and I was booked on the course for October 2020 and as you may remember we had various travel concerns through 2020 and limitations and October we were meant to be open and I'd got my flights, I booked my hotel, I booked on the course and then literally three or four days before I was to go um, the British government put down Italy as a high risk destination so it would have meant my insurance was invalid and I was quite anxious that, um, you know, if I did go there and I tested positive, then I would be locked up. And I really didn't want to have that experience. So I took the difficult decision to not go. But I'd been on this real sort of flow of honey tasting. And even though the course is going to be in Italian, I felt confident enough that I could, I, I knew enough of the right words that I could get through. So ever since then, I've just been waiting for them to do the course in English. Now, Kerry, who is one of my bee team, who helps me out at the new, I've been training her up with honey tasting. She's been helping with the honey tasting at the new. And last year she decided to go and do part one of the honey sensory course in Bologna. So she went down there, met a whole new group of beekeepers. And then this summer they all returned and did part two. And while they were doing part two in July, the organizers Gianluigi and Raphael Delolio fixed a date to do a test uh, or the exam level three in English this December. So Kerry texted me. Most of her group had booked on to do it. And I booked on straight away. I was like, I've got to be there. And I really wasn't worried. I just knew I know my honey. I know I could do it and it would be fine. But as the summer progressed, my mind took over. I'd had a busy year, and um part of Kerry's group included a wonderful chap called Gino, who's a Scottish beekeeper who's also had a lot of practice with stewarding um and assisting judges in the b b k a honey competitions and honey presentation and he's been going through his master beekeeper's training, and he is brilliant with his honey and brilliant with organizing. So he organized a whole um, program of revision tasting sessions. And I attended some of them, I couldn't attend all of them. And there was a mixed thing, because it was amazing that he was doing it. But my stress levels increased because all of the group who had done the training in twenty. Um, 2022 and 2023 had bought sets tasting sets, of all the honeys that you're going to be tasted on tested on and so they were practicing on these honeys that were nothing like the samples I had and that's when I started to get a little bit anxious and we had some live um, sessions as well when we met up at the National Honey Show and We also then learned that there was a quiz at the end of the exam, 18 questions about um, beekeeping or about honey, honey crystallization. And it went back to our first course. So I had to dig out my notes. Now, all the people doing it recently had a lovely handy USB stick, which had all the slides. Mine were um, printed very small, little um, in in black and white, instructions that or you know the details of the side presentation so I had to look back on that and instantly my stress levels were going up so when we got there and Kerry's there as well and um, and then Sladjan is there um, Natasha um, Lyon from South Africa she was there Victoria from Sweden and then um, a whole load of people I hadn't met but people had gone through various groups so it was really wonderful group and we all got together and we went to korea where we were having the exams now i was really quite calm but there was this awful narrative in the back of my head and this is why i'm sharing it on the podcast because this is creating a buzz about health and I'm really interested in all aspects of our health and our mental health and our mental stories really do have an impact on our health and well-being and what I observed was that I'd been putting myself under a huge amount of pressure because I was the first English person to start this training. The competitive side of me wants to be the first English person to pass the training in English. Now there's been, um, Nicholas Bishop is an Englishman and he'd done the course in Italian, but his mum's Italian. So I could sort of, you know, level that out. And then there was some people who'd also done the course in England, um, but weren't doing level three. So the race was on in my head. So I'd been putting pressure on myself. And then because Kerry works for me, and I was really anxious that what would happen if she passed and I failed? Was was this whole taking part in this exam commercial suicide? You know, was this gonna finish my business if I didn't pass? And how would I feel and how would I cope if she passed and I didn't? Because she'd only been training for a year, although I'd been training her for two or three years, know there was still this awful awful pressure and when we went through the the first exercise before the exam um rafael and jean luigi they gave us samples of the honeys that we were going to be examined on so there's 18 honeys that you need to recognize from aroma from taste and also when they're blended when they're mixed with other honeys and when they brought out those 18 the rhododendron and the honeysuckle had no familiarity with any of the samples i had and what was sort of comforting was the group that all had their samples they too said these are not the same as the samples so all of us were put into a state of stress thinking oh my gosh there's at least two honeys plus the citrus honey and the thyme honey so there was four honeys out of the 18 that many of us just didn't recognize. They did not have the characteristics that we'd been trained to look for. So we were all in a bit of a state of stress and we tasted 18 honeys. Then we had a lunch break and then we came back and the exam started. And the first thing we had to do was the honey samples were put in these um, blue glass. So they're um, uh, olive oil tasting or testing um glasses so you can't see the color of the honey and you just have to sniff them and I was quite nervous about this because I had not been practicing that and um I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do but I actually I did okay and I was like oh this this is not so bad my nose is tuned in I seem to be getting them so I know where I am and then we tasted some honey and we had to do some descriptive uh, exercises and then they put a chart up on the the screen in front we'd all given our name and a nickname so that there could be a chart showing how we were doing in the exam but it wouldn't be obvious who you were only you would know who you were so we'd all given our nicknames and then they put the chart up and that was when my stress levels went through the roof because my mind was looking and trying to guess who was who and seeing where I was and trying to think, oh, are they better than me? Are they worse than me? Am I better than them? Am I worse than them? And also, although the exam, there was a pass figure of 70 out of hundred that you had to get. But in each category of exams, to be able to join the Italian Register of Honey Sensory Analysts, which gives you this wonderful little pin. Um, so that was our goal was to get the pin, you had to get a minimum number of points in each section. So it was no good being amazing at sniffing an aroma or amazing at tasting. You had to be amazing at every kind of category. And Oh my gosh, from the moment I could see the results, my brain kicked in. And instead of focusing on receiving a pin and just going through the the you know the motions of doing what I know, my head through day two was what do I post on Instagram when I failed? How do I tell people I failed? How will people respond to me when I don't pass this exam? How will I feel if Kerry passes and I don't and people come to my business and I have a better qualified honey sommelier than myself in my own business? My mind was just rampant. Plus, nobody slept the first night. Many people had jet lag because they'd come from America. Um, I had no excuse apart from the fact I tasted a lot of honey that day. And so I had a honey headache. So a lot of us had sugar headaches. We were awake all night. So, we go into day two, starting at 9 a.m., finishing at six, having a two hour lunch break or an hour and a half lunch break. And the fear and the the horror that most of us had. So, through day two, many of us were just in a state of shock and trauma, thinking, well, we're not going to pass. How on earth can we pass this? Or we might scrape a pass, but we're not going to get the pin. And therefore, do we come back and do the pin? So, there's all this mind stuff. So what I want to share today is how important the stories in our head are for our health. So during day one, we sat in a room, it's freezing cold outside, but the room was quite warm, you know, it's like 22, 23 degrees, because you want it quite warm for um, honey tasting. And my feet got hot because I had big boots on and I had woolly socks. And where I was in such a state of stress my feet became inflamed and itchy. And I have, uh, through the summer months, I have two health conditions that I still need to resolve. One is my gums, receding gums, and the other one is my feet. And I get this rash. It's like um, an athlete's foot, but it comes out all over my foot. And it is stress and it's heat. But what I noticed from this course was it was stress because I'd just come back from a week on holiday where it had been very hot and my feet were absolutely fine and then I come back they get hot in my boots for one day and then they are inflamed they are itchy so I had to take sort of sandals to wear so that during the course I my feet could cool down but my body was just screaming at me my head was mad it was I was struggling not to cry I did cry many of us were going out to the bees because there was an apiary out there and just screaming crying it was so emotional and it shocked us all because we were, you know, each time you do a section, somebody would have done well, somebody else would have done badly. And and we were trying to go, what did you put for that? How did you guess it was that honey? I thought it was this. And then I second guessed, but my first guess was right. There was all this going on. And I really had to get a grip of myself. And during one of the, the sessions, we had to taste 12 different honeys. And I was in pieces, the first sort of four or five I was just I I just didn't know I was just tasting stuff and my head was going oh that's lime tree and then I was thinking ah oh, but maybe it's going to be time because we haven't had time or maybe it's tree of heaven because that tastes a bit like lime and I was just all over the place and what I did because we had quite a bit of time between each one which was a good thing and a bad thing I would taste a honey and straight away my mind would go oh that's that and quite often that would be right. But then, because we had longer time, I'd taste it again, I'd rethink it, I'd go through all my notes, because we could have our our tasting notes with us for the tasting. And, and then I think, oh, maybe it's this. Oh, but I can't remember what was the the new samples we had. And my mind was racing, I was in a terrible state. So at about five tastings, I thought, okay, I've got a bit of time, I'm going to meditate, I'm just going to sit and meditate. I did a bit of Reiki on myself. I meditated. I tried to visualize passing the exam. And, you know, my body calmed down. And when we did the results of that section, everything after there I got right. It was just transformative. Then we had a lunch break. And then I went back to stage one because I saw the results and I was not in the lead. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if I don't pass? What if I don't pass? And this is what it was like. And I was in pieces. And when we came out of an exam, someone's was like, oh, what did you put for this one? And I, I couldn't think. I couldn't remember. I was just such a mess, a complete mess. And what was happening was the traumas of doing exams at school came back. And I had such a catastrophic, I think I've shared it previously, such a catastrophic failure at school, or it seemed that, age 16, where the minimum amount of exams you needed to get to stay on sixth form at my school was five. And I only passed three. And so it meant the school couldn't keep me on. And I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to do that. I'm leaving this school and have the farewell because I was going to come back after the summer and be part of the sixth form. But during the summer, I failed my exams and they wouldn't have me back. And an arrangement had to be made to put me into a, a school, an art school. And even I didn't have enough O-levels to do that. So there was an agreement that I'd retake exams and um, and my school wouldn't let me retake them there. And, you know, it it was awful. And the humiliation and the shame, you know, the shame of letting down my parents, of all the added stress of what they're going to do with me. I'm 16 and I couldn't stay at school and I had no other plans. So all that shame and trauma which had motivated me to have great success in my life. And what prompted me to do this podcast was last night, I was just packing up in my office and a lady who taught um, at my boys school, when at primary school, she popped in and I haven't seen her for a long time. And she just came in and she said, Paula, you are amazing. She said, everything you do is so successful I love what you're doing. You really are incredible. And to think that only a few years ago, I saw a car pull up on the sports field for sports day and you got out. All you could do was lie down. You couldn't even sit upright in the wheelchair. And she had to look at you now. And it really brought a tear to my eye because this is it. Look at me now. Look at what I'm doing. I was able to book my own flights, um, book my own hotel, recommended from Natasha but travel across Bologna not be phased not be stressed not have the anxiety that I had suffered through being ill and recovering so I have come a long way and I was thinking why am I doing this exam you know what is the purpose is it ego is it just so I could be the first English person to pass the exam in English and be a honey sommelier um, I am a honey sommelier already. I am tasting honey. I know my honeys. I judge honeys. I judge honeys from all around the world. I can recognize honeys from all around the world. But there's just a few Italian honeys that had caught me off guard. And on the last day of the exam, I'd let it all go. I just thought, I've. I've not got the badge. I've not got the pin. Maybe I'll scrape a pass, but I'm just going to have fun because actually, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I love smelling the honeys. I love writing things about honeys. I love speaking about honeys. So I went through the last day feeling really happy, really calm, at peace with whatever happened between Kerry and I, or whatever happened with my fellow sommeliers. And, um, It was still a shock when at the end they did the announcements and I'd failed by six points, so I didn't pass. And it was very emotional. It was very well done because five people passed out of the twelve, but it wasn't read out loud. So it was sort of whispers and nudges of Did you get did you pass? Did you pass? Oh my gosh, well done. But then it was bittersweet for those that did pass. My dear friend Natasha, she passed. And she had worked so hard. Gino had passed. He had worked so hard. And the bottom line is, they know their stuff. They know their honey. And they also knew how to put this exam into perspective. They knew how to behave in an exam situation. So I asked a, a healer friend of mine, you know, what was the purpose of me coming on this course? What's the benefit for humanity with me failing? um my husband was wonderful he said well we just have to keep going back you know we'll just go back until you pass and i was thinking well why do i want to pass is it to be a member of this club to have this little badge um which basically says that you know italian honey's it doesn't say you know all honey's but i'm not going to be um silly enough to say that i know my stuff as well as the people that did pass the people that passed knew their stuff, they knew their mind, they kept control under a very stressful situation. And that deserves reward. And that deserves the pin. So when somebody has passed an exam, it's not fluke, it's down to hard work. But it's not just hard work on revising and knowing your subject, it's hard work on knowing yourself, knowing your mind and keeping your mind under control so that you're not reliving past traumas. So my healer friend, when I said, what's the point? Why did I come here? And she said, maybe you came here to heal your past traumas. I had so much grief and trauma reemerge that I thought was dealt with. And clearly it hadn't been dealt with. I cried so much through the end of day one, day two, during the night, day one, during the night of day two. And then I cried afterwards on day three and day four. I cried too and it was it was such an emotional release and i now feel yes i know how to how to um frame failure i know how to do this podcast to talk about i failed an exam and maybe that can be inspiring for other people because i don't want my failure to put other people off from taking the exam I want my failure to help people become more conscious about why they fail exams. Is it because the exam you're taking you're not ready for or is it because you have past traumas that you've not revealed? Now because my podcast is about bees and creating a buzz about health and the bees are so wise, I was thinking during day two when I was meditating and I was thinking what would the bees say to me about this? And the thing is This whole exam thing is such a human constraint. It's such a human experience. The bees don't examine and judge each other. They don't practice all this um, rubbish about who's better, who's worse, who can wear a pin, who can't. And that really made me laugh. And I thought, how funny is this? We're living in a world where all of our successes are based on judging and competing against each other when can we live in a world where we just know things and we just share the knowledge with each other without feeling somebody has to be better than somebody else so that's what i wanted to end today on is helping you see if you have exam stress or if you have trauma or if you're comparing yourself with other people just have a think about what would the bees do And why are you comparing yourself with somebody else? Because we are all different and we all have unique skills. Now, my wise friend, Sladjan, he really um, hit the nail on the head on the last day uh, before he flew home. We spent some time together and... I explained to him about what was going on through my head. Now, he didn't pass either, but he doesn't care because he's already a honey sommelier. He's already analysing honeys from um, Serbia, where he is. He has a honey training school. So he's fine. He just did it for the experience. And we did all learn lots. But when I talked to him about how do I feel about Kerry, who also, by the way, failed, but it made me realise he said, you're the boss. You don't need to pass exams. Bosses send their staff off to do exams. So you don't need to do it. And that really made me laugh and really made me think, who am I? Am I the boss? (laughs) You know, so let's stop judging each other. Kerry and I have learned so much together from being on this course, and we've learned a lot about each other. It's been very, very challenging, but it's also been so educational, so heartening, and so healing so i think neither of us have completely decided whether we'll go back again or not i'd like to go back because there's still things i want to do in bologna and i know now that i could pass the exam if i was given the chance so i know my stuff i just have to be able to manage my mind in an exam situation But this experience has healed my past traumas. I'm done now with the 16-year-old failure. I'm done now with failing the driving test first time. I'm done now with all that kind of stress. Now I just want to take part in things to just confirm what I already know. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope that this hasn't been too traumatic for you. And if it has brought up any exam memories or stress, let them go. Cry them out. Think about why it was a trauma. Why are you being so hard on yourself or who was judging you? Because I can tell you this, the bees are not judging you. And that's all we need to think about so thank you very much for listening if you know of somebody who suffers from exam stress please share this with them um, and until next time keep on creating a buzz about health bye I love that you've been listening to my podcast thank you so much I am delighted to have the wonderful B Brooke helping me with editing and um, producing this podcast so if you've enjoyed it do share it around and Connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website. So, thank you very much, and bye for now. You have to become yourself. Join us next time on Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.